Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Jimmy's Three Things. Going to sip on my coffee and look at some baseball stuff with you guys. How about it? All right, first topic, Alonzo. Second topic, Angels promoting draft picks like crazy. Third topic, Jimmy Lytics and the splitter. Let's go into the first one because it's just fun. It's just really, it's just a fun Pete Alonzo story. So I just... Pete Alonzo threw Mason Wynn. Mason Wynn is a rookie for the Cardinals. Shortstop got called up, got his first hit, little infield dribbler. Um, Pete Alonzo throws it into the stands. I have the footage and the interviews here, and it's just so funny because it's just such a Pete Alonzo thing to do. Like, people think he's... If anyone thinks he's malicious still to this point, they have no idea who Pete Alonzo is. Some Cardinals fans were upset about it, but it's like, guys, it's uh, it's Pete. He's like a big, he's like the biggest fifth grader. And he's like Mikey from recess. Like he's like a big softy. He doesn't know what's going on. So here's the hit. Got to be ready for it this time. Little chopper hit toward third. That ball is going to be late at first. Infield hit for Mason Wynn. There's his first of the big leagues tonight. So the crowd shows his parents getting excited. He's got a big smile. The ball was hit directly into the dirt, and then the throw went into the dirt, and uh, Pete had to pick it. So when a ball hits the dirt that much, usually the umpire is going to get rid of the ball because it's too scuffed up. So Alonzo holds the ball up. And you might be thinking, he's looking at like, hey, I'm giving this ball to the dugout because it's his first hit. But actually he was saying, are you going to discard this ball? And then they're like, yeah, it's out of here. And he just chucks it into the stands. <laughs> the order of the order of events is pretty hilarious there. Uh, he realizes because the whole entire crowd starts booing. The Cardinal dugout was upset with Alonzo because Pete threw the ball in the crowd. <laughs> And that was Wynn's first hit. Oh, Pete. That reaction right there is kind of like everyone, oh, Pete, come on, man. And the young lady who got the ball apparently did not want to quickly give it up. And the crowd is now getting on her case, and I think she's feeling peer pressure now. Well, but that's caught the attention of the crowd. She's becoming public. Yeah. So she gives it to security. Security holds it up like, don't worry, we got it. And everyone cheers. And now the, uh, the ball has been secured boy, by boy. the security guard, and that will be delivered to the car. Security guard walking up and down the steps like, yep, yep, I did it. Like, he's all noble. And then Pete's in the dugout, and now he looks at this, and now he's like, well, now a fan got the ball taken away from them, so it's like double sad, and he's just shaking his head like, oh, my God, look what I've done. And his press conference after the game, he's – He's sorry to an extent of weirdness because that's Pete Alonzo. He's just a lovable giant. Listen to how upset he is about this. He knows security got the ball and gave it back to win. He, he knows that. He saw it in the dugout. It's all fine. It's solved. I, 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 feel, I feel horrible. Um, I, I feel awful. I, I didn't mean to. I, I didn't. I would. I know it sounds stupid, but it is just a, a, a bad brain fart. I know uh, throwing the ball in the stands that that robs that, that robs him of a kind of a, a really special moment. But I, I I feel really bad thinking back on on my first hit and um, 
and just getting the ball thrown back to the dugout. I, I feel I, I feel awful. I feel like a piece of crap. <laughs> um, piece of crap. I, I, yeah, it's just in the heat of the moment. You kind of just get lost. I, I just kind of got got up from trying to make a play, and then umpire said, "Hey, we're going to switch this ball out." So I'm like, "Okay, like I'm going to do what I always do, like." Throw in the, I always throw the ball in the stands, but I'll never throw the ball in the stands again. I'm just going to roll every ball to the dugout when they're going to switch it out. He's never going to throw another ball into the stands again. I'm never drinking again. I'm so hungover. This feels awful. I'm never drinking again. He's never going to throw another ball into the stands again. So a lot of fans out there are going to miss out on souvenirs. All because, well, all because of Pete and then Pete's decision. Two different Pete decisions. <laughs> um, but that's, I mean, that's 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 a really bad mistake, and it's completely unintentional. I, I feel, I feel horrible about it. I, I feel really bad, and um, I, I mean, I apologized. Like I apologized to him when I was at when I was at second after after the force out, and then um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm really sorry, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try and talk to him and uh, get him something for tomorrow as as, as an apology because like it's. Yeah, and I mean it's stupid. It's a really bad look, and is I, I, I feel I feel like an idiot, and I feel I feel terrible. I, I feel really bad. So I mean, almost an odd amount of feeling bad from Pete. Then they asked Mason Wynn about it. Oh, I had no idea. I was yeah, I got the first. I couldn't really think about anything else. But um, I heard uh, Stubby was right there, and he he talked to Pete. And he was like, "Did you just throw that ball in the stands?" And Pete was like, "He I don't even think he knew at first. Um, but no, nah, I mean, he, he apologized on first, and then when he got to second later, he, he apologized as well. So, you know, complete accident. I thought it was quite funny, especially after we got the ball back. I thought it was a little bit more funny. Wynn just thought it was funny because they got the ball back immediately, so it was never really a problem. But um, even though Pete knew that, he, he was very upset about it, and Pete gave him an apology package. Even though the ball was already back, uh, Pete Alonso sent an autographed bat of his own autograph, <laughs> a bottle of 1942 to Mason Wynn as a goodwill gesture. And I think Mason Wynn at that point had to be like, dude, it's okay. Um, I'm sorry for how bad you're feeling sorry. I got the ball back. Go give something to the girl that lost the ball. But the Cardinals probably gave something to her. So you got to love it. You got to love uh, Pete, big, strong guy. Next up, the Angels are promoting people like crazy. Good athletic article by Sam Blum and Keith Law on it because they promoted their number 11 draft pick from last year's draft, the 2023 draft. Nolan, I actually don't know how to say his last name. I feel a little bad about this. Chanel? Shanel? <laughs> Can't be Shanel, can it? Um, let me open this up. Does it have pronunciation? No. That's a bummer that I don't have this. So anyway, rarely do you see a team draft for the now, and that's exactly what they did with this kid. I'm going to go to baseball savant video search, and I'm going to find a base hit of his and see if they say his name. So batters, Nolan, Shaniel? Shaniel? Is that it? He's got three hits in three games so far. But, yeah, he barely played – Plate appearance result, base hit. Let's find a pronunciation. I probably could have found this another way. But this is an interesting thing because the Angels are promoting. Oh, we got a hit off glass now. That's cool. Good for him. That's a known name. Uh, 
Single on a ground ball. Count 0-0. Slide, first pitch slider from Glass now. To take part in a triple play since 1996. Hey, hockey suit coming in hot. Hey, Shanuel save. Oh. Shanuel. All right, Nolan Shanuel. I didn't. I, I didn't have that. That was a base hit off Glass. Now that hit Glass. Now in the feet. They drafted this kid in the first round for the now because they haven't got any production out of first base. He's the most polished college bat, but they don't know if he's going to have the power to hit MLB pitching. But he's got a really good eye. Anyway, look at his like timeline. If I go to his minor league batting splits timeline, so in July of 21 or July of 2023 this year after he got drafted he spent three days um three games in rookie league probably just after you get drafted just go there right away then they put him up to a ball two games in a ball he went two for three uh and then he went three for three so they were like all right get out of there he went to double a uh July 29th he was in double a to August 17th and in those 17 games, he had a 333 batting average, a 474 on base percentage, a 940 OPS, one home run, three doubles. So then they were like, all right, big leagues it is. Here we go. One of the fastest pushes to the big leagues. Let's watch another one of his hits because he has three hits. He's got another one off of Cooper Criswell, line drive, 2-2 count, seventh inning. Base hit. A little flare from the lefty. Not a base hit in prior years, but with the shift not being there. There you go. He plays first base and off of Jason Adams. So all against the Rays. Another 2-2 count. Another high target behind the plate. Hey, Shadow's got a base hit. Oh, that's a those are two base hits. I mean, that's his thing. That's a nice outside fastball he takes to left field over the shortstop's head. So that's cool. But what's interesting is since in the 2022 draft and 2023 draft, so the last two draft classes, there's been four players, or five, let me find this. There's been four or five players promoted from the four players promoted from the 2022 draft class and one from the 2023. So there's been five players promoted from the last two draft classes. Four of those five have been by the Angels. That's pretty nuts. The Angels are just streamlining people to MLB. So if I go, or how did I do this? I did this by debut. The Angels have debuted 10 players this year, but this kid is the only player from 2023, but you usually don't get drafted to go straight into the major league. So it's interesting. I kind of like it. I, I don't know how often this is going to happen because college isn't the equivalent of AAA nor double-A sometimes, but you have polished hitters, and this guy was pretty good. He wasn't even playing in the best conferences. Um, they also promoted uh, Zach Nito from the 2022 class, their first-round pick, the shortstop, and who else did they call up? I have the list here. Debuts this season, team, Angels, LAA, they have – Debuted, uh, no, they, Jose Soriano, but Nolan Shanuel, I forget, Zach Nito, Victor Medeiros, he was from the 2022 class, Ben Joyce from the 2022 class, they got cups of coffee and they went back down. But yeah, the Angels are just streamlining people to the majors, I don't know if it's going to help.
They need a lot of help. Uh, since 2011, all their first-round picks, Sands one, has made it to the big leagues. But I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because it depends if they're good in the big leagues. If you're just rushing guys up, whatever. I did. I was interested in um, debuts this season. I did break it down by teams. I just wanted to see which team has debuted the most uh, rookies this season. The Pirates have 12. 12 players in the Pirates made their debut. It's... You could have played last year and still be a rookie this year, but this is like they played their first MLB game this season. Pirates have 12. Mariners have 11. A's have 11. Um, the, AL, AL, the AL West has the most debuting players. The A's with 11. The Angels with 9. Astros with 5. Mariners with 11. Rangers with 6. The AL East has the least amount. You have the Orioles, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox all under six. The Yankees only three players debuted. Same with the Phillies, the Cubs, the Twins. Those teams have only debuted three rookies. Now, the Yankees just called up a couple, and other teams are going to call up a couple, so it's going to change. But the Angels, not only are they calling up players, they're calling up players that they drafted very recently, which is interesting. So I'm rooting for Nolan because that's kind of cool. And a lefty contact bat that can walk, like I like that better than a lefty who can walk and hit homers, which is the old thing. Now that the shift's gone, lefty base hits are back in play. So let's do it, Nolan. Let's do it. The next topic on my list today is the splitter. And I haven't done this research yet, so you're going to be in live time. Maybe I'll dice up the video with some jump cuts if I like stutter step a lot. But... One, I want to see, I'm always interested in pitches that I don't think are that prevalent in the minor leagues, like the splitter. A lot of times guys get to the big leagues with fastball, slider, curveball, changeup, and then develop these new pitchers when they have the time. They have the security of being big leaguers. I read the, a book called, ooh, what was that baseball book I read about? It was like pit, all the, like baseball, baseball's history in 10 pitches or something like that. And the splitter was an interesting one because you kind of learn it once you're up. So minor leaguers don't face a ton of splitters. So I always like looking at how uh, minor league or how rookies are doing against those pitches. Same with like when we had knuckleballers. I don't see a lot of those down there. Fangraphs has a stat that does pitch value. So if I do pitch level data and pitch value... Um, per 100, that means like on the average, better or worse. And the splitter, what do they, what do they use to determine the splitter? Oh yeah. What do they use? Fan graphs, uh, pitching acronyms, SP, you would guess, right? SF, split fingered fastball. So I'm looking for SF, splitter. Okay. Will Smith on the Dodgers has been the best against splitters. Wow. He's been the best in the league against splitters. Same with Tovar. Say, say, ooh, Suzuki. They face a lot of splitters in Japan, so that makes sense. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is going to be against splitters. India, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Justin Turner. Who's been the worst of qualified bats? Elias Diaz, Kelbert Ruiz, Manny Machado, Miles Straw, Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn. Brent Rooker, he's a rookie. So let's see. Player stats. Is there a way to do 
Age range? No. Rookies. Bam. Okay. So the best rookie against the splitter is Yiner Diaz. Yiner Diaz, 24 years old with the Astros. And he's been in the minors for a while with the Indians and stuff, so good for him. He's pretty good against the splitter. According to this data, Will Benson has been good. That's awesome. Good for him. Um, who's been the worst rookie? Stuart Fairchild, Stone Garrett, Brenton Doyle. Tough. So now if I go, if I go to I'm going to take away the rookie search. I just want to see who's got the most hits against the splitter, like see if the fan graph stuff matches the other stuff. So Will Smith supposedly has been the best against splitters this year. So I'm going to go to fan, I'm going to go to baseball savant video search, and I'm going to type in split finger pitch, plate appearance result, base hit, sort by batter, and let me see who has the most hits against the split finger because it should be Smith if baseball savant and... It's not. It's McNeil. So does Smith not see a lot, and he just has good. He just has hits against him. See, sometimes I don't know if these these sites add up. So batters Will Smith for the Dodgers pitches split finger base hit results. How many does he have? Because otherwise, I'm I'm calling. He's got three. All right, so he's got three hits on the splitter. Now I'm going to take away the base hits and just see how many splitters he's faced, and maybe the number there is just crazy high. So maybe I don't know if I like that pitch track data anymore, but maybe I do because maybe he's never swung and missed at a splitter, so it's like they don't throw splitters to him a lot because they already know this because he's not a rookie and he's been doing it forever. He's faced 11 splitters, Will Smith has. And if we do the pitch breakdown, he's got one called strike. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he's got one called strike. He's got three hits. One, he hit into play for an out. One called strike, zero whiffs, and one foul ball. So, yeah, he lays off it really well, five balls. Okay. So I I trust the data then. His, oh, this is a high. This one up here, it's from Eric Swanson. That's a high pitch. One gone in the ninth, two-two to Smith. Chopper to third, takes a big bounce on Chapman, recovers and throws late. Uh, I don't even know if, I mean, that's one of those new age hits. Bummer. Okay, Jeff McNeil has the most hits against the splitter, and I want to see how many different hits, pitchers he's done it off of. Yanni Chirinos, Alex Cobb, Kirby Yates, Tywin Walker, Cal Quantrill, and Hobie Harris. A lot of pitchers, good for him. How many home, how many, if I take away base hits, just home runs off the splitter, which is like, you know, it's a darting pitch. It results in a lot of ground balls. You have to kind of throw a hanger or the batter's got to go scoop it to hit a home run. So who's got the most home runs off the split finger this year? Vladdy. That makes sense. He goes down and gets it. Salvi Perez. That also makes sense. But he's got two. Vladdy's got three. Um, and he's got some sp- split finger. Ooh, Logan Gilbert. Wow, these are all missed spots. Nick Pavetta, he's got a homer off him. Up and in, splitter. Logan Gilbert's what was uh, middle, but in. And Keaton Wynn threw one dead center. Let's watch that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's just 
a dead center pitch. Now let's do one more search. We're going to flip it. We're going to go by pitcher, and we're going to see which pitcher has given up the most hits. Let's see first which pitcher has thrown the most split fingers fastballs. You got Otani throws a splitter. Gossman throws a really good splitter. Yeah, Gossman's number one, 883 pitches uh, with the splitter thrown. And then Alex Cobb, then Taiwan Walker, Joe Ryan, Ovaldi. Let's see uh, base hit off the splitter. How many, which pitch? So you would think Gossman, just a numbers game, has given up the most hits versus the splitter. If he's not number one, that would be cool because he's thrown 150 more splitters than other people. He's not number one. He's number three. Alex Cobb has given up 56 hits versus uh, off of his splitter. Wow. Well, Nick Pavetta was up there on throwing a lot, right? And he's only given up one hit. Didn't Pavetta, wasn't he on the list for throwing a lot? No, maybe he wasn't. He just got he just uh, got hit. No, Pavetta's thrown 11, only given up one hit. Shohei's thrown 129 splitters. And his pitch results off of those pitches. Boom. Seven hits. 21 whiffs. Seven called strikes, 16 hit and play for an out, and 67 ball. But it's very much a setup pitch, right? It it can be designed to throw for a ball. Swing and miss mostly. I like the split finger pitch. Okay. Who throws the most split finger? Who throws the most first pitch split fingers? Right away. Usually you get ahead in the count, and then you throw it. Because it's not really meant to be thrown in the strike zone. It's meant to be darts way down. You swing over it. There are two strikes. Joe Ryan throws the most first pitch splitters. Who throws the most two strike splitters? Two strike splitters. The most two strike splitters thrown. Gossman in a landslide. 418. Taiwan Walker, 278. In second place, who's given up the most hits on two-strike split fingers? Because if Gossman doesn't lead this, that's nuts. Just by counting data, he's thrown so many, he should have the most hits given up on two-strike splitters, and he doesn't. Cobb beats him. Gossman's splitters better than Cobb's official. That ends Jimmy's three things. Enjoy your day. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to the channel because we're close to getting to 100,000 subscribers and we're going to enjoy that and celebrate it and be very thankful for the community we've built and all of you guys that enjoy and watch and talk baseball with us. So if you enjoy these and everything else, subscribe to the Talking Baseball YouTube channel. Goodbye.